segue that to our Badger Insider, RJ. Morning, Arj. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Um, you just, chipper this morning? Yeah, for five straight home games, you're pretty fired up, man. I, I mean, did you did you did you have a uh, did you have a uh, a nice relaxing Sunday? Uh, kind of, I guess. Uh, went right into doing homework and stuff for class. Uh, so, school uh, boy, RJ. Good hey. news is I didn't have the uh, the Packer break in there, so I powered right through it and. Uh, took care of business so i guess that's okay we had a damn good time on saturday though man that was fun huh yeah always do can't really argue with a a zone blitz pregame bash no i mean holes of glory has just elevated an already great product rj to a whole uh whole nother level speaking of elevating it to a whole nother level the wisconsin defense i mean you run out of words to describe it uh, with four shutouts now, uh, RJ. You know, you're number one in, in points allowed. You're number one in rushing yards per game. You're number one in, in passing yards. I mean, not just the number one defense. I mean, this has got to be one of the most dominating defenses of the last what? However many years where a team has all three categories number one. I don't know that I've ever seen that. Yeah, I've, it's been a while for at least a Wisconsin team. uh but we had uh, a few categories in the top five a couple of years ago. And, I mean, the defense has been solid, but nothing like this. And for all the people out there being like, well, look at the offense they're facing, it uh, doesn't matter. Uh, you can put out the 30th ranked, 130th ranked offense against the team, and they're usually going to score points in a game. Um, this This defense seems to know – the offensive playbook that they're going up against every week. And uh, I've talked about it before during the Michigan game and the Northwestern game. Penalties helped aid uh, some drives there that contributed to points, and you probably wouldn't have seen the secondary points if those first points weren't scored. So, uh, you know, a couple of referee-aided touchdowns have this being uh, uh, more points given up than it should be. So, yeah, this this – defense is simply amazing uh the offensive side of the ball it this year you have both the run and the pass that can uh that can take care of people and we saw michigan state stack the box Uh, if you go back and watch some of that tape almost every play they could have been called for offsides as as i mean 72 i don't know what he was looking at you're a nose tackle and you're lined up on the other side of the ball almost every play and yet it only gets called three times. Um, yeah, th- this this offense can hurt you two ways now. Uh, you ha- have legit threats on the outside. Uh, the, the jet sweeps were looking good. Uh, this team is just getting ready to, to hit its stride. Uh, and, you know, I'd, you hate to look at it and say, Illinois, let's move on to Ohio State. I don't think this team will let that happen well even if it is uh, like a look-ahead game rj does it even matter because i feel like they could sleepwalk and smash illinois uh yeah it does seem that way and i mean you're 29 and a half point favorites going in on the road uh you'd you'd think jonathan taylor if you want to call 80 yards and two touchdowns have a bounce back game against illinois uh yeah yeah you hope so there but i mean once again he went over 100 yards uh, total yards, so there's more stats for him. Uh, but I'm guessing uh, we'll we'll have the uh, media people look at him and be like, "Oh, he didn't break 100. Not a good running back." Um, <laughs> and 
Sounds like Charlie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't hey there, right, brothers. You have a mountain crest I, this morning. Oh, I don't do that, RJ. My, no, I was just doing my uh, lame media. Man, uh, they're everywhere. Where a team, a team in the top ten loses to a two and three team, uh, only drops to number ten, and then all of a sudden that two and three team, who's now three and three, starts getting votes to be in the top twenty-five. That's absolutely laughable. Uh, Georgia should have dropped out of the top ten. Uh, South Carolina, not a good football team. And yet they're getting uh, point. They're getting votes to be in the top twenty-five. It just goes to show you this is still an SEC biased media who's buying into all the the, the crap about uh, the conference being the best top to bottom when it's not. Uh, right now, I would I would put money on the Big Ten saying it's the best top to bottom. Uh, I mean the ACC is out of it, the Pac-12 is out of it, uh, the Big Twelve. You know what? If they they none of them have defenses, um, they go in, in bowl games. People point to the Big Ten there, but uh, where they have a lackluster record. But usually, you're playing the teams at the top of every other conference when you get there. Uh, visiting with our, our Badger insider RJ, and you know one of the other uh, obviously big storylines not only Wisconsin RJ is the rest of the conference, and the two big results that have uh, you know Badger connections was Iowa losing a second game in a row at home. Uh, you know, to Penn State, I, I did think the Hawkeyes were going to rise up and win that game. And then not surprised at the win, maybe a bit at the margin. Uh, and that would be Minnesota. So, you know, you have right now Wisconsin and Minnesota, both two games clear uh, of the rest of the division. So it's basically setting up to be a, a two-team race. You know, you look at Minnesota, they play Rutgers and then Maryland. I mean, I, what do you make of I mean, they're going to be RJ 8 no. Are they like the most inflated 8 no team of all time? But can you be inflated if you're 8 no? Yeah, absolutely you can. You look at their wins against who they've played. Uh, I mean, they don't have a ranked team in there yet. They don't have uh, a team in the top 50, I think, right now. Um, you know, they and Nebraska, I mean, was highly overrated going into the year. All they were doing was buying into Scott Frost, who I think we've seen still has a, a few years to go before he gets personnel in there who can a- actually win. You have a whole team of Nebraska guys who, you know, for one reason or another, lost the Nebraska way. And, uh, yeah, yeah like Minnesota, I, I seriously can't take them uh, any, any more for what I've seen. You've eked out wins against lesser opponents every week until this week when you you finally got a team who is horrible defensively and you put up points against them. So uh, congratulations, um, all the people who want to then be like, oh, well, we beat you last year. Okay, that was last year. Hopefully uh, you can hold on to that axe for another month here and uh, we'll uh, rip your hearts out at the end of the year. You can go to – the Meineke Car Care Bowl, and uh, be happy about it. Arjun, right, so let me ask you, when it comes to, you know, obviously, I think P.J. Fleck kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Did you see that video of him and uh, the golfer rowing huh. that boat in the, the, in the, the lake? The fact that that got out. With his teal, uh, he had teal pants. Me, <laughs> he had yeah, teal pants on. It shows me that the uh, Minnesota's PR department in their athletic department uh, is really bad at their job. Ugh. You can't show a rowing the boat fail and expect people to hop on board with that. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy 
is a used car salesman who does he just bug everyone? Does he even, like even the Minnesota fan base? Does it like does he get under their oh, skin yeah. too? I I think so. I mean, uh, if you ever look at the Star Tribune and then read some of the comments, it's like, oh great, we're winning, but this guy's got to shut up. <laughs> and I mean, so I think it wears pretty thin. Um, I guess as long as you're winning, it's okay. But uh, yeah, the. I mean, even looking at it impartially, when he was at Western Michigan, like that, he laid that on pretty thick, and that's one of those things where I was watching and be like, if I was a recruit and this guy was selling me all this row the boat, I would have laughed right in his face and found a school that doesn't have some lame thing to try to to better themselves. It doesn't have a lake next to it. Yeah, tell <laughs> tell me about your culture. Tell me what gets you, what gets this team and this thing working as a family, uh, tell me that. Don't tell me about rowing a boat and doing my part because, you know what, depending on the boat size, there's only two oars. And uh, if you were holding on to both of them, I have absolutely nothing to do with this program. So uh, it's all about P.J. Fleck. Uh, It's not about the players. He can say it is, but the man runs out of the tunnels first. He's the one who does all the press conferences didn't let the kids talk after they won the axe last year. He took the axe home and slept with it. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever you want to go for and, and say, hey, he's doing good things for Minnesota, that's great. Step aside and let the team actually be the ones who uh, take the credit, not you. Uh, busy with our Badger and Center, Strong. R.J. Uh, Brockman. All right, one final non-football note. Uh, Cole Caulfield, if, if folks didn't see it, the freshman, uh, highly touted kid that came in for Badger hockey Set the record, RJ, since Division One hockey was its own entity, back-to-back goals in back-to-back games to start the season. Uh, yeah, they didn't win against BC. They did win on Saturday night. They score 11 goals. Is the hype around uh, these freshmen, uh, Caulfield, Turcotte, and others, uh, that's the greatest start in the history of college hockey for a freshman? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it has the best start for the Badgers since uh, hockey came back in 1963. So, uh, you know what? It, it seems like it's there. Uh, hopefully, uh, you see uh, an improvement in your even strength where that's where they gave up five goals to, to BC Friday night. And hopefully that gets fixed a little bit. You get a little better defense. Uh this weekend as the number one team in the country comes in. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – you got your tickets, Arj? You're going to be out there this weekend for uh, Duluth? I, I do. I'm uh, I'm getting ready. I got my, my Saturday night tickets, so I'll be there. I'm in. I love it. Thank you, RJ. Study hard. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. We'll see you later, guys. There he is, our Badger Insider, RJ, pulling double duty on his way to class. It still has time for his segment. That's commitment. Uh, you've been kidnapped. Who do you call to save your life? Brian Mills from Taken, Robert McCall, that's the equalizer, Denzel Washington, John Wicker, Jason Bourne. How about this comeback? Jason Bourne now leading over John Wick. Brian Mills is in third, Robert McCall in fourth. I think I want John Wick on this one just because Keanu Reeves is the man, and he's got the highest body count. We looked it up. Over the three movies, he's killed 299 people. So if someone takes you, no one will stand in John Wick's way to get you back. That's true. But I also feel like you need a little stealth if you've been, you know, you need to be like Keanu's more up front. Like, whereas Jason Bourne, he's got those skills, you know, to get in and out. 
you know, without anybody seeing him. So I, I may, maybe like uh, McBorn's the, the yeah. boat here. But if you're talking skills too. Then yeah, I was just going to say Liam you, Neeson. Yeah, he's got a unique set of the uh, set of skills. So um, boy, it's a good and the equalizer. The guy turned a Home Depot into a killing field. <laughs> I mean, so. how can you not? Do you see they're making a they're going to make a training day prequel? Really? Yeah, that's oh, what they man. say allegedly. I'll, I'll check that. Um, out. Uh, so, for the for the Badger game yesterday, this is a good tweet from JD and MSN looking at Twitter. He said, "Should ask the uh, hater, the cone haters now, how he's doing." Let's see, seventy six point three percent completion. That's first in the Big Ten. A quarterback rating of one sixty or uh, one hundred and sixty or one hundred one sixty three point nine. Excuse me, that's balling. Eight point three yards per attempt. All better than Stave and Hornybrook. And then he says, is 6-0 and better than 0-12? Asking for a friend. Uh, yes, it is definitely uh, better than 0-12. No, I mean, look, I, Cohen earned it. He's, he is legit. And Did you see you the know. student section? There was guys in the front row. They had painted their bodies and moaned for Cohen. They're taking our hashtags. Taking our, I love they, it. Taking our stuff. All right, here's what I was going to say about the uh, Packer game. I want to get your guys' comment, both of you, on this before uh, News of the Weird coming up here. Uh, again, you want to weigh in 608-321-1670. And this always doesn't go this way, but Nelson, you've been enough bets, and I've been enough bets times 10 lifetimes, that when this line opened a week ago today, the Packers were at five, even five and a half in some spots. I just hit refresh with our friends over at covers.com. The line now down to three and a half. That means all the money over the last seven days has come in on the Lions, and it's still coming in, even at four, which is where it was over the weekend, that it's still coming in. Now, that doesn't mean the Packers are going to lose. It just feels like the, 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 the guys who do this for a living feel like it's going to be a closer game than five points, so that not necessarily betting that the Lions are going to win tonight, but when you start betting on a team that's only a three-point underdog, you're getting close to that's a pick 'em anyway. And I mean, yes, you could win 21 20 or 23 21. But if you're betting on the team that's a three and a half point underdog, like Nelson, are you at this point betting on the Lions when you get that close? Or do you still think there are guys saying, no, I think the Packers win, but it's it's a fuel goal type game tonight? Down on Green Bay. Try, start out again, what'd you say? I, mean, I actually put a wager down on Green Bay for tonight's game at three wow. and a half. Wow. Yeah, and I think uh, you I did. Th- yep. And it even it opened at uh, I believe five and a half, and it got as high as six for the Lions. Dang. Yeah, it was six. You're right. It was six early last week, and I don't know what changed. Maybe it's the Devontae Adams news. Even though our guy Raphael said that that shouldn't have mattered last week against the Cowboys, or the fact that the Lions really don't have anybody out with injury, and they get like T.J. Hawkinson back, and they're getting players back, whereas the Packers are, you know, Darnell Savage Jr. probably out, Devontae Adams who knows out, like. You're right, Nelson. The line was at six, and it's been plummeting all week. Like, should we be concerned as Packer fans, or is that just betting? It doesn't mean the Packers are going to lose the game. It just could be a closer game than maybe we thought going in. I think looking at it as a handicap perspective, I think that just means there's very little value left on Detroit, and you might as well take the other side because you never want to buy the worst number. Well, that I mean, I would say, like, now you get, like, you, you do that, that game of chicken as a handicapper because you're at three and a half. Like, part of me is like, I'm just going to buy the half point. I love Packers three. Or do I say, well, damn, if it's been going down all week, let me wait it out. If it gets to three on its own, I'll take the extra juice. 
Or do you think, Nelson, it's now it goes the other way and like it gets to three and a half and people will buy it back up and it'll be Green Bay minus four by kickoff? For me personally, I normally don't like taking three and a halfs, but I took it just because it's already moved two and a half points in my favor. I don't I don't think it gets to three, but we'll see. Does, are you concerned, Ebo, that it's dropped three points basically no, in the I'm, last week? I'm not concerned about it at all. Um, no? What'd you do for the – did you do the over-under? You did the under, right? Took the under, yep. Um, so does that benefit taking the under? Does that benefit the Packers or the Lions? Man, that's a good – well, for you guys' sake, it would benefit the Packers, right? Because you both bet me on Thursday that Stafford's going to have more points than That's just fantasy-wise. Right. But if you, in theory, and it doesn't always work out that way, do you feel confident that the quarterback that has more points tonight, that team's going to win? No, because look at the Packers when they played against the Cowboys. True. Um, it is a, it's an interesting, it did, did, doesn't mean that I now I'm going to pick against the Packers, but if you follow the, 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 the Vegas line, it opened at five and a half, got to six and it's down to three and a half right now, which means a lot of money coming in on uh, Detroit. Go, go. All right. So I said, are you nervous that the line is plummeting? It opened at five and a half, got as high as six which is about where I would expect, right? Packers at home, 4-1. Yep. and one. You know, you're just south of a touchdown favorite. Yeah, the Lions have had a couple of nice wins. But, I mean, dude, really, it's the Lions. It's at home. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's his defense that has been really good. Uh, it's the Packers that are on a roll. Of course, Green Bay is going to be a 6-7 point favorite at home. Well, it's steadily gone down, um, and now it's got to the point where it's only 3, 3.5. Three so if I said, okay, instead of are you nervous about this game, if I started jotting down some notes here, which I did in the Sports Flash, what – about the Lions, or what about this game scares you the most? Huh. Is it Matthew Stafford? Is it the Lions D? Is it the Packers offense still hasn't had that signature moment game? Mm-hmm. Uh, or what would be, is there anything else? Is mm-hmm. it that Green Bay's lost four in a row to Detroit? Yeah, that. I mean, I thought about that right away when you said what concerns you the Detroit's most. maybe just Detroit's got Green Bay's number? There's no Lambo mystique when Detroit comes to town. Um, maybe that Matt Patricia is boy wonder from the Bill Belichick tree. Not really. Um, so instead of saying what are you scared, let's specifically what then Packer fans would concern you the most about tonight's game? Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. I mean, yeah, Matt Stafford is. I think he's a top ten quarterback. Um, I don't, you know, I think he's got the same issues Rodgers has. I think he's a good maybe great quarterback that doesn't have a lot of good weapons, but you would say Stafford's probably even got more right now without, I think Devontae Adams is better than Kenny Galladay. I think Galladay's a good wide receiver, but with Adams out, clearly now you'd say Detroit's got better wide receivers. Um, I still would take Rodgers over Stafford. I think Stafford is a good quarterback. And yeah, like Nelson said, you take away Aaron Jones touchdowns, which you can't because he's been incredible getting the ball in the end zone. But the outside of last week, the rushing yards haven't been there. So who's you know is who's a better running back you know Carryon Johnson who's been really good for Detroit or Jones who yeah it's, his stats are gaudy because he scores two touchdowns every game but two of those games where he scored two touchdowns one game he had 19 yards one game he had 17 yards mm-hmm. so you can't get you know yeah last week he had a buck 80 but he's also a game where he's had 17 yards yeah, I'm trying to look up uh, career all-time against the Packers that Matt Stafford is, especially at Lambeau Field. Because he is, um, let's see, Preston Smith was talking about it after practice uh, the other day, saying that you know he's a gunslinger, he'll find ways to hurt you. you know, I think he kind of equated him to Brett Favre a little bit. 
So Matt Stafford always kind of scares me, especially early on in the season, because Matt Stafford and the Lions earlier in they the season are always good. They always fade at the end. Um, but Matt Stafford, before the injuries you know, kind of catch up to him by the end of the season, he's always that guy that will hurt you. I think Matt Stafford is the one that kind of concerns me the most. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670. So if it's one specific thing, what would be the biggest uh, red flag for tonight's game, Packer fans? Let's uh, let's go to it. 608-321-1670. Kyle, welcome to the Joan Evo Show. Hey, morning, gentlemen. What's up, Kyle? Uh, not much. My red flag for tonight, I guess, would be our offense. I mean, last week, obviously, Aaron Jones, you know, carried the load and uh, did what he needed to do, but um, you know, with getting Williams back tonight, let's let's hope that's enough to do it. Um, we got to have a receiver, you know, step up tonight. And who do you think it is? You know, I, I really don't know. I, I think Kumaro's got you know the most uh, the most upside to him. I mean, the other guys are going to get most of the attention. So yeah, you know, let, let's hope Jake Kumaro can uh, step up and help out the old gunslinger and come away with a W. That'd be nice, man. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. I'm Thanks, with Kyle. you, brother. Good good call. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, look, there could be this, especially after what you saw yesterday. Maybe just Dallas isn't that good, you know? And, and, and look, every week's different. I, I don't like doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda, this team beat this team and this team beat this team, so therefore my team's better. Uh, I will say, though, to Kyle's point, I mean, look, last week you're going into Dallas as an underdog. Then you find out you don't have Devontae Adams. I think most people had written the Packers off last week. And, you know... I did the dumbass move of saying because, well, Devontae Adams isn't going to play, so I have him on my fantasy team. Well, I'm going to run right out and get Geronimo Allison because, you know, he's going to – and he had two catches for 18 yards. Yeah. So just – that's the old – when you have a star player that gets hurt and people run and get the backup because, well, just automatically the backup's going to – you see that all the time where, you know, a star running back goes down – then you go get his backup, and the backup has five points. And then the comeback to that is, well, they're a backup for a reason, yeah, right? Exactly. If they were that good, they'd either start on this team or they'd go somewhere else and start. Like, to Kyle's point, there might – you said you asked him who's going to step up tonight. The answer could be maybe nobody could be, because they yeah. don't have another wide receiver after Just Devontae be another Adams. Aaron Jones game. It, it very well could be. Uh, I love Jamal Williams, too, is such a nice little feature to that's um, a big deal Aaron Jones. That, so that's yeah. a huge – I think watch it be ground and pound and a little dump-off passes here and there to Jones or Jamal Williams, probably Aaron Jones. But you see a little dump-off pass here and there, they'll just dink and dunk down the field. Aaron Rodgers, Nelson isn't trying to get his coach fired this year so he can hit one of those screen Stop passes it. and – and uh, we'll see what happens. But I hope it's – I hope I want to see someone step up when it comes to the wide receiving core. I think we all do because moving forward, it's just a positive for the Packers. You have number one in Devontae Adams, and then you got a bunch of number threes. Who's two? I don't have one. I hope it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling steps up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed obvious that he would have been in line last week, you know, for us eight-catch, 120-yard game. Um, Jimmy Graham's been looking better this year than, you know. Yeah, last year he's had back to back his two statistical best games as a Packer the last two weeks. So I mean, maybe maybe that's what you hang on to that it took you know Rodgers and him a year to get on the same page, or maybe it's just because process of elimination. But you are right, Graham's been better the last two weeks. I mean, I will say this: we talked about it with Amon Green on Friday. He's actually been blocking. Um, well, I was going to say on the he has, but I was going to say, I mean, Aaron Jones has had the most running back yards receiving since Amon Green in 2003. I mean, mm -hmm. so... And four touchdowns. Right. Amon never even did that. So we're coming off a game where, you know, how many times over the last couple of years did we scream at the television, whether it was Rodgers or the failed Hunley experiment, where there were wide-open running backs, and you say, why don't you just dump it off? And last week, 
Maybe that's the, maybe they finally got it because yes, Aaron Jones had one of the great receiving days. It's the best receiving day by a Packer running back in almost 20 years. Yeah, it's been incredible. So maybe that's the answer tonight. 608-321-1670. Tim, welcome to the Joe and Evo show. You guys there? Hey, I'm Tim, here, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. How you living? Oh, I'm living good. Uh, working outside in this cold, brisk morning. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little nipply today. Uh, very, very nipply, but I will not show those off today. <laughs> Wear pasties, Tim. It's always paste, male pasties. Say, what? my biggest worry is the Packer offense. I think the Packers' defense, they show great signs. They, they could be great this year when they come together. The... I would like to see Jimmy Graham do something. Yeah. I think a lot of Packer fans would like to see that. We've been waiting a while. But where, where's Jimmy Graham? Where's he been? This is the perfect defense for Jimmy Graham. I think, I think they should use him. Yeah, I agree. I, Jimmy Graham's shown flashes so far this year, so I want to see a complete game now. But with the, Devontae out, and you, t- you talk about Scantlin as being basically, what, your number one right now? Yeah, uh, if you can call him that, yeah. I know, but Jimmy Graham's a beast. Yeah. I just, I just don't understand how that what, that weapon is not used more. I, I don't know. That's Tim, just my, Tim, that's let's my call it right on. now. We'll call it right now, Tim. Jimmy Graham, big game tonight. I, I, I think he's going to have two touchdowns. Love that's it. My pick. Love it. I think that's a great. I mean, it's almost like thank you, Tim. I mean, yeah. Unless you want to go and say, I mean, like I, I love. I mean, as a Wisconsin resident and the fan of the underdog, I love the the notion of Jake Kumro. But, that, dude, that ain't happening. I mean, stop it. We and, all get caught up in that preseason. Yeah, it, it, stop it. It's, it's, there's nothing there. I got caught up last week. I'll fully admit it. I lost my fantasy matchup by 10 points. If I had not bought into the Geronimo Allison, I would have won. So, again, it's the notion of, well, starters out, automatically the backup's going to be as good as the starter. And, again, I caution people – that's why he's called a starter, right? Devontae Adams is one of the five best wide receivers in the NFL. John Miles and Marquez Valdez-Scantling might not be one of the 50 best <laughs> wide receivers in the definitely NFL. Definitely not. No. So uh, to, to automatically think, well, Rodgers is a great quarterback and him and Adams have this incredible relationship, so someone's going to take that spot. No, somebody won't. So then you go to like Tim's point, okay, so now LaFleur has got to get creative, okay? You 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 know that if Devontae Adams was playing tonight, he was probably going to have eight, nine catches, 90, 100 yards, and a touchdown, right? I mean, that, that you can almost count on yeah. that. Okay, so you know that's not going to happen. You know that Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scanling aren't good enough to have nine catch, 100-yard night. So now the question is, what you, you can only go with what you have. You know, you're, you're not going to go out and trade for Julio Jones 20 minutes before kickoff. So you got Jimmy Graham, you've got a decent set of running backs that can catch the football, and you still have a, a guy that's won two MVPs. So you say, okay, let's figure out how do we make this work with less than ideal pieces. Definitely. And um, what was it, um, Kyle? Was it Kyle the first one I called it? And I think I agree with Kyle or Tim, whoever said it, that was the most concerning thing is the Packers' offense. The Packers' defense, I think, is going to be great. Zadaria Smith, Preston Smith, I think they're going to give Matt Stafford a bunch of fits. And what is it? Preston Smith has five and a half sacks. Darius Smith has five sacks. We'll throw in your boy Rashawn Gary getting after it. Yeah. And uh, I think they'll give Matt Stafford some fits. My question, though, is, you know, besides Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, can Rodgers find a wide receiver or Jimmy Graham to move the ball down the field? First quarter, you'll see it. Second, third, and fourth, though, 
Well, that's the question. Will the yeah. offense be able to keep it up? See, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but if you're looking for Jimmy Graham or Jake Kumro to be a, well, yeah, a big-time player ideal. here, Jimmy Graham's past his prime. He's washed up. Just a fact. Well, okay, but has Jimmy Graham not been better this season than what we've yeah, seen? It's because he's, he's used a little more in the offense, but he still is, is he not, not blocking now? He's still not as fast as he used to be. He still can't jump as high. And if you're relying on Jake Kumro to be the number one receiver after Devontae Adams goes well, you, down, you're doomed. let's keep dreaming because he's a 27-year-old <laughs> practice squad player right. his whole life, and now he's supposed to be a, a number one receiver. Give me a break. It, it really comes down to Valdez Scantling. He's the guy that needs to step up. He has the most ability. He's got the speed. He he can stretch the defense. And where did Geronimo Allison, what happened to him? I don't know. He looked yeah. like he was turning a corner until he, what, he tore his groin? Yeah. He hasn't, He he's a shell of himself, too, from what he looked like he was becoming. On Marquez Valdez-Scanley had like one, he had one flash, right? Was that the was that the first game or the second game? Well, I mean, if Valdez-Scanley doesn't pan out, you don't have any receivers. It's It's got to be him or Allison. It's got to be one of those two. Because just in my opinion, Jimmy Graham is just too old at this point, and Jay Krumo never was anything. I still have faith in Jimmy Graham. He's been showing a lot. He's been a lot better this year, and I hope he continues to do that. I think he found a little bit of that fountain of youth, and you saw it and you know, moving forward in the season. So I hope Jimmy Graham can do it again. I like it was – Tim, right? Two touchdowns from Jimmy Graham tonight. Watch we'll call him two touchdown Tim. Yeah. Uh, 608-321-1670. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing, Nelson, to your point, and you're right, but it's not like they're, they they can't, you know, this isn't Madden where you have, you know, franchise mode where you can, like, clone your own player. Like, this is all they have. So, like, when you start listing off these guys like Kumro and Geronimo Allison and, you know, Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis. Like, th- this is all they have. And that's why the offense isn't good. Exactly. <laughs> like, Gudekunz had a lot of holes to fill, and he decided to. He uh, went defense because he had a two time MVP. I think it was. I don't, I'm not mad. I, he made the right call, but by making this defense somewhat badass, the offense is somewhat average. I mean, well, you can't. That's why great teams are great teams when they're good on both sides of the football. I. I think maybe realized, the offense will be great. Right now, they have a borderline great defense and an okay offense. I think he realized that uh, Ted Thompson Oof. had a had a terrible roster, but when they did have a super good offense, the defense was terrible, and they still weren't winning games. They were having early exits in the playoffs. Well, that's just rude. Or just they, the truth. They had guys like Ladarius Gunter trying to cover the best receiver in the game at the time, and Julio Jones. I don't know Darius, how Darius Gunter's playing the XFL. But it was an e-yikes kind of thing. That was definitely an e-yikes kind of thing when Ladarius Gunter was covering Julio. Ladarius Gunter was just playing in the AAF. That closes. Now he's on an XFL Hey, do you see the XFL? You can make, what's the average salary? 55000 No, it's $55,000. Yeah. It's five grand a game. He ran slower than a 4-7 at a cornerback position. And he's trying to guard Julio Jones, and they thought that was a good idea? A heck of a football man. And they wonder why they got smoked by Atlanta. What? It wasn't Ted's fault. I, I don't, I'm not smart. It's Ted's fault for years. All right, Packer fans. He might as well have made a receiver go play corner because at least he could run that with probably him. Would have yeah, been it should have been, been Jeff Janis. That probably would have been a better idea retrospectively. You know, look at the start of the season. You open on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. You get another Thursday in there with Philly and now a Monday night. We've had, we've had a lot of Sundays to ourselves here to start this season. Feels out of sync. Feels out of whack <laughs> a little bit, you know? It's, it just doesn't, It feels different.
Uh, it what's does. Your, which is worse, Monday night games or Thursday night games? When it comes to like you know having to work but the we, next day and sleep yeah, schedules we had, and whatnot. We had, uh, no Monday totally because Friday. I mean, you you could always tough through one day of a. Yeah. A, I mean Monday you get. I mean, this throws your whole week off. It can it can really especially after you booze it hard on Saturdays. Right. Well, and if they if they God forbid lose tonight, then you're not only are you feeling crappy. Oh. You, your your team lost so. Uh, no, I I can tell over on Saturday. I, there's probably some truth to the, for all oh. of that for us. Uh, by the way, good news: they play on Sunday every single week until Week 16, when they play the Vikings on Monday Night Football. So yes, this has been a bizarre start. Bears Thursday, Eagles Thursday, Lions Monday. Three of their first six games in not normal time slots. Next week, Raiders noon, Chiefs Sunday Night game, Chargers three o'clock. Panthers noon, 49ers 3 o'clock, Giants noon, Redskins noon, Bears noon. Yeah. So you get back to your normal Packers Sunday routine starting next week. Man, that Chiefs game is looking pretty winnable now coming up in Arrowhead. Eh? Oof. Because uh, they're a mess. Mahomes' ankle is like, it's got to be all kinds of screwed up. And then you have just. Well, their what, defense, what are they? Their defense, their defense is, is terrible, and they can't run the ball. So all that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great, he's the MVP. But that's all they got. They got one guy. And they let Kareem Hunt walk. Um, yeah, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is that's, a shell of himself. Oh, he's terrible. He's old. Well, Hyde, and, Hyde, who played for him, was tearing him, tearing him apart yesterday. And Damian, Started him. Whoop, whoop. Damian Williams, fool's gold. Had like one good game when no, he was replacing Kareem Hunt. Give me a break. Well, that's what we were talking about like with the Packers backup. Just because the starter does well, you, you the backup doesn't always translate. And that would be a... A perfect example. NFL's but, a wild place, though, man. Uh, yeah, enough about Kansas City. We got the Packers tonight, hopefully going to 5-1. and one, And we got the Badgers at 6-0, and oh, ranked 6th in the country. Uh, you had Florida lose this weekend and Georgia. Two teams in the SEC that were both ahead of Wisconsin. Uh, the Florida loss is not at all surprising. I can't believe they were. I give them credit for being in it that long. I'm saying in the top 10. The Georgia loss is obviously stunning. Um, so there, I mean, you say go, goodbye to college football playoff for both of those teams. So now the question becomes, obviously we know four teams get in. There are two teams in the same conference, ranked one and two, in the same division of the same conference in Alabama, LSU. I'm with Nelson. I think the Clemson is still based on, you know, their, their reputation. Uh, they are not one of the three best teams in college football this year. They've got a great coach and a great quarterback, and they got a lot of great tradition of putting players in the NFL high. But they're not the third best team. Ohio State is one of the four best teams. And then you have Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Now, obviously, Wisconsin plays Ohio State in two weeks. You win that game, you're in the top four. Then the question is, can you hang on all the way through the Big Ten championship game? Uh, right now, with with I mean, because if Georgia had kept winning. You know, I dude, I saw some you know college football playoff models that had three of the four were SEC, where they had Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Which is, I mean, having two in there is a crock. And I guarantee there will be because LSU and Georgia or Alabama play in three weeks. They're in the same division. I guarantee there will be people that say if LSU loses that game to Alabama and it's close, and LSU doesn't lose another game, that an eleven and one LSU should get in over if Ohio State or Wisconsin wins the Big Ten. But one of them, let's say they split. Let's say Ohio State wins in two weeks and Wisconsin wins in the Big Ten championship game or vice versa. 
There will be those people, Ebel, that will say, well, but LSU's only loss is on the road because they play in Alabama. And what if they lose, you know, 24-20 on the road to Alabama? And they'll say, well, LSU's only loss is four points on the road to the number one ranked team. They should still get into the college football playoff. How Looking at Wisconsin's schedule so far and the wins they've gotten, how how strong do you think that schedule would be if you looked at someone that had a little bias towards the SEC and Wisconsin were to lose to Ohio State but beat them in the Big Ten championship game? When you look at the body of work, what do you think they would they would say about I think it schedule? should be good enough. I mean, you, you would have, you know, when they played uh, Michigan, they were ranked. Uh, I think Michigan State was at 25, so they were still ranked. Um, Minnesota, unless they completely collapse, will be ranked when they play them. Iowa will be ranked when they play them. And obviously Ohio State, if you play them twice, or if it's Penn State, whatever team is in the Big Ten Championship game. So that's seven ranked teams. Yeah. You, you can't say that they didn't play a tough well, schedule. I see, I see even Badger fans now saying that it's not, don't get too caught up in the hype and it's not that impressive that Wisconsin shut up four teams just because of their offensive production of you know, the, their opponents. Shutting out teams is insanely it's hard, hard. Very hard to do. The fact that they were to do that not once, not twice, not thrice, but four freaking times, dude, it's, that's absolutely insanity. And their total defense – they're ranked number one in like every single category defensively. I think that's enough to turn some heads for the people that would want, I'd rather see an SEC team in there. You can't discredit the number one defense in the nation. Uh, 608-321-1670. By the way, right now, Wisconsin, and this is current because they haven't played Ohio State, so they'll get the benefit of this once they play them. Right now, currently, the 20th rated strength of schedule. So it's all, I mean, it's not the top, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a top 20, and that's not counting the Ohio State game. So once they play Ohio State, in two weeks, that'll move up yeah. significantly because it's an average. So their average is a 6.4, you know, of high versus low. Right now, like, for example, Auburn at 12.7 is the highest. So Wisconsin, when you take an Ohio State, and they're going to be either ranked first, second, or third when they play Ohio State, obviously that strength of schedule will go up significantly. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't – I mean, two years ago, you could make the argument. They didn't play – they only played one ranked team in Michigan. They've already played three this year, and next week they're going to play a top four. So you you, you would have to throw out, Evo, to your point. The strength of schedule debate's not relevant this year for, say, Wisconsin versus like an SEC or a Pac-12 or a Big 12 school. They'll have played a legitimate schedule if they run the table. Yeah, exactly. And um, I just the, the detractors out there, they always will find some kind of excuse. I guarantee you if Wisconsin had the same schedule and the same results they have now, but they had a, like a Buckeye on their yeah. jersey, they'd be one, two, or three doubt. in the nation. I don't think there's any doubt if you flip-flopped Ohio State and Wisconsin's body of work right now, uh, Ohio State would be ranked one or two in the country yep. right now. Yep. Uh, Zach, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. What's going on, boys? What's up, Doc? Yeah, the, the last time the Badgers have pitched four shutouts in a season was 1930. So we are, we are witnessing something that is absolutely historic, something that hasn't done in 90, in 90 years, 89 years, guys. This is, this is amazing. Revel in this. Anybody that says that, oh, well, it's, they, they shut out bad teams, who cares? Look at the teams that they shut out in 1930. Just go back and historically look at it. They weren't even nearly as good as the teams that they're pitching shutouts to now. And let's be honest, they would have put shut out Michigan, but they kind of let off the gas in the fourth quarter. Those two touchdowns that Michigan had were garbage time touchdowns. They were already down 35 nothing. So they should have five. They should have five shutouts, guys. But Joe, I will. I will say this: Don't count out Georgia or Florida. They do play each other. So one of those two teams is going to make the SEC championship game, and if they can make a 
if they could make a run at Alabama or LSU, whoever comes out of the the SEC West, um, and if they beat whoever comes out of the SEC West, they will get it, and the loser of the SEC West uh, will end up getting the other playoff spot. Well, possibly, Zach, and uh, thank you for the call. And you're right, yeah, and they do play every year, and there's a chance that probably more than likely Georgia or Florida, but here's the thing. If it's, yeah, if an undefeated Alabama, it's the exact same thing from two years ago. If an undefeated Alabama team loses in the SEC championship game to Georgia, do you then take a 12-1 and Alabama? But let's say LSU beats Alabama and they get to the SEC championship game and then Georgia beats them. LSU at that point would have two losses. You're not going to take a two-loss team into the college football playoff. I don't care how much love there is for the SEC. So, yeah, it's possible the SEC could still make the argument for two teams. A lot would now have to break their way. Because really the only scenario, Ebo, would be the LSU loses to Alabama extremely close on the road, and then Alabama wins the SEC. And then the argument would be, does a one-loss LSU get in over a one-loss champion of the Big Ten? Like, if Wisconsin goes 13-0, and no, there's no chance. If yeah. Ohio State goes 13-0, and no, there's no chance. The one question loss. would be, yeah, does a 12-1 and Wisconsin get in over an 11 and 1 Georgia or 11 and 1 LSU. 2 years ago? Gut check. What do you think? Right off the right Well, off the I was just going to say I, I would say they get screwed. Well, 2 years ago, they claim had Wisconsin won that game against Ohio State, they would have put them in over Bama. Cuz Alabama was in with the situation Zach just the scenario Zach just laid out. That was Alabama 2 years ago. They didn't win the SEC and you had Wisconsin who would have won the Big 10. They eventually picked Alabama over Ohio State, and of course Wisconsin lost. And the committee was asked the question: Had Wisconsin won that game, who would have gotten in? They claim they would have pit Wisconsin in over Alabama. Now it's easy to say that at the next day when Wisconsin say it Saturday night at halftime, or say it in the fourth quarter when it's Wisconsin's driving for the go-ahead touchdown, and tell me you're putting in Wisconsin over Bama. So that's, I mean, that's a it's it's a difficult situation. You're also, uh, you know assuming that Clemson or Oklahoma doesn't lose. Yeah. Because if one of those teams lose, they're out of there. I, again, I think Ohio State and Wisconsin both are much better than Clemson this year. Oklahoma's legit, but, you know, the, the Big 12 isn't very good. So if they lose a game, they're out of there. So you're you're basing this on Alabama wins all its games, Clemson wins all its games, and Oklahoma wins all its games. And then it becomes, does the champion of the Big 10 get the fourth spot? Well, now, if Oklahoma or Clemson were to lose a game, completely different discussion. Do you think there's any pretenders? Like, who's, who's a is Oklahoma a possible pretender? Or are they that good? What was the over under? Ended at seventy eight points for Oklahoma and Texas. They they got in the sixties. Just, I mean, it, it's a good question, but the the Big Twelve stinks. So I, you know, I don't I don't know if you know Oklahoma's a pretender or like. Do I think Oklahoma would go undefeated in the Big Ten or SEC? No way. Um, but you can't say that because you can only go with the games they play. The Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Iowa State are Oof. the top three teams right now. Pass. Like, Iowa State would go 7-5 and five in the Big 10. <laughs> Baylor might not even be bowl eligible in the Big 10. So I don't know how good Oklahoma is. But they're going to, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to. 6-0 at the end of the day, though. Well, right. So. And the only team that probably was going to beat them, they just beat in Texas. I mean, Oklahoma plays West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa State, TCU. They do go to Oklahoma State and Baylor. 
What's your guys' take like, on Penn State? I'm going to be State? a huge Oklahoma State fan. A lot of people say don't dis- don't discredit and count out Penn State from the Big Ten championship game, possibly against Wisconsin. Do you buy into that at all? Because what Penn State goes to Ohio. Well, I was going to say that I buy into Penn State's a good team. I don't buy them going into Columbus and winning. The only way it's Wisconsin, Penn State in the Big Ten championship game is if Penn State goes into Columbus and wins. I mean, now, that's it. So on the west side, then what's Minnesota? They're undefeated. They're the greatest benefactor of the worst schedule in the history of college football. I think they're pretenders. Yeah, but here's the thing with Minnesota. They're not going to lose this week. They play Rutgers. They're not going to lose next week. They play Maryland at home. Then we'll, we'll find out how good Minnesota is. They go Penn State, Iowa back-to-back. Mm, yeah, it'll be tough for them. I don't think they're going to win either of those games. If you win even one of them, now you got to take Minnesota seriously. But I, don't, I, I think it's Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. For sure. I think it's probably Ohio State. And then the question is, you know, can you if, if you go in and win in Columbus next week, is that almost a bad thing? And when is winning ever a bad thing? Because you really think you're going to beat them a second time in the Big Ten. But then you say, okay, we'll lose next week and win in the Big Ten championship game. When is never, when is losing ever a good thing? Like the timing of this game kind of sucks because college football is all about when you lose, right? If you lose early in the season, it's okay because you got all season to make it up. If you lose late in the season, you yeah, get penalized. Doomed. So they're in like that Neverland, like no man's land of like the middle of the season. Like if you win, there's still too many games left. But if you lose, now everyone's going to say, see, Wisconsin was a pretender. They lost to Ohio State. Like it's literally the worst time to play this game. I'd rather have it in week two or have it in week 12. Because if you, then if you win, you're in. It's time for no more excuses and just to go out there and beat Ohio State at what they do. I think it's just that simple. Well, uh, number one defense in the land. You have Jack Cohen now, who could set a single season record for the school for completion percentage. You have the best wide receivers. You got a uh, running back that's uh, a Heisman hopeful. That defense again, incredible. It's, I mean, you can you can just hammer that point home with that defense. It's time to just prove that you're the new kids on the block. You're the ones to beat now. That's true. And I, look, I think they have. I legitimately think they can go into Columbus and win next week. The problem is then you got to validate it. And I, I think it'd be very difficult to beat Ohio State twice because if they win next week, I think Ohio State will go on a tear and they'll beat Penn State. And it's going to be Ohio State, Wisconsin. Now, my God, if you beat Ohio State twice in the same season, I don't care what happens in the college football. That's the greatest season in the history of Wisconsin football. We'll make our if own rings. If you beat Ohio, right? I will... Scott I'll make Frost, that, where's your designer? I will make that deal right now. I'll call my buddy Bill over at William Thomas. Even if they don't make it to the college football player for losing the first round. If they beat Ohio State twice, screw Scott Frost. We're having our own national title parade. Yep. Whether they win or not after that. Let's get it. Always got to uh, pander to the, the masses. And they're doing on what other, what, I don't know, what, which one is this? Talking, cock, jump talk, talk up, get up. First talk, MVP candidate, Watson or Mahomes? And I'm thinking like, yeah, okay, they've had decent starts. Like, I'm sorry. After watching yesterday, Russell Wilson is the MVP of the NFL. It's not even. It's a landslide. It's not even close. He's the bomb. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions, a quarterback rating of 124.7, which has come down a little bit, but is still on pace to top Rodgers 122 and be the greatest season of all time statistically. Uh, there are some people that say, you know, Christian McCaffrey, what he's done from the running back position is insane. 
I don't think a running back will ever win the award. But Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, MVP? Are you kidding me? Dude, Russell, Russell Wilson's Wilson been is the MVP like 10 to 1 right now. He's just insane. Watching like he is insane to watch. I saw someone call um Christian McCaffrey not Barry Sanders, but Derry Sanders. <laughs> I chuckled. Uh, Christian I mean, McCaffrey's a freak though, man. Dude, McCaffrey is ridiculous what what he's doing. Uh leads the NFL in rushing and he is I believe top 10 in receiving also and touchdowns are through the roof. So yeah, I mean, if you ever want to make an argument for a non-quarterback to win it, McCaffrey's having that kind of season. Uh, yeah, I think it goes Russ, then McCaffrey. I mean, I would maybe put Watson third. Watson's uh, Houston's balling. on a roll. I mean, Mahomes still has the numbers, but the Chiefs are 3-3. Three and three. You, you can't give the MVP to a 500 quarterback. So, I mean, there's actually some people, you know, it's kind of like when Brady won it a couple of years ago. He didn't have top 10 numbers. But he still won the MVP. Like, if the Packers keep winning, now Rodgers is not in the top five in anything, but he's kind of fringe top ten. I wonder, if what if Green Bay does go like 12-4, and 13-3 and three and gets home field advantage or a first-round bye? And Rodgers, obviously, is still a big reason why, but he doesn't have 47 touchdowns or throw for 4,000 yards, kind of like Brady did two years ago. You think of that last – Brady wasn't like top five in anything, but the Patriots were the best team. He still was, you know, a statistically very good quarterback. He just wasn't at the top, and they gave him the MVP. I wonder would Rodgers be – because you can't put Rodgers in the discussion now. No. But if the Packers get to a 10, 11, 12 wins, and he doesn't have Mahomes numbers, but he's in the top five, I wonder if Rodgers would could be considered for the MVP. Well, who is the MVP of the Packers right now? Right now? Oof. Like, who, who is who – is, can you say unit? Can you say the defense as a whole? I mean, who is the MVP of the Packers right now? It's a good now? topic for later in the week. Suppose after, suppose we can do that tomorrow after we see what happens Monday Night Football. I mean, I would still say Rodgers because I don't think I, they, really? they don't. Yeah, they don't win that game in Dallas last week well, without I'd say him. Aaron Jones. I'd lean Aaron Jones just because he leads. Yeah, the NFL I mean, you can make the argument in Jones. Rodgers really hasn't. What has Rodgers done to? I don't know couple, if I can really make the argument for anyone on offense. I mean, I, could you go an individual? I mean, but then if you go back, and we were talking about this last week, you go to the defense, like, okay, Zadarius Smith, to me, would be the best. But, I mean, Kenny Clark, I mean, are you going to say a defensive lineman the most Smith. valuable player? So, anyway, I just thought that was funny on Russell Wilson not getting – I mean, he's starting to get mentioned, but they actually had Rodgers on one ballot with sixth, I saw. I mean, Russell Wilson's the MVP. I actually saw Mike Florio give Rodgers a nod for MVP. I know. Zach Halpern is going crazy because that dude, like, hates Rodgers. He must have been like, hammered last he night. He must have been drunk or got his – he must have been hacked by a Packer fan. No, I, it's got to be Russell Wilson's right now one. I would say McCaffrey two. I would say Mahomes or Watson three, four. Um, and then what? I mean, then you get into the five range. Um, I mean, you have to probably put Brady still in the discussion because they're undefeated. Um, and then, you know. Well, if that's the case, you put Jimmy GQ or the, the 49ers somewhere yeah. up there. They're undefeated. But, I mean, his numbers, if you talk about Rodgers being a game manager. Jimmy Garoppolo, GQ is a manager. He's got a pass rating of 90. He's 21st in passing yards in the NFL right now. And the 49ers are 5-0. and uh, the Sippy says the NFL MVP will be the 49ers defensive line. I mean, that dude, to go in, fill, you know, the Rams had lost back-to-back games. You got to feel like they were in desperation mode yesterday at home, and the 49ers just smoked them. Yeah, San Francisco's a good team, man. Yeah, they are. 
Uh, the, dude, the we said this at the beginning of the show this morning. The NFC is so much better than. I mean, it's the just put the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't know why the AFC is even going through the motions. That's fine. Kansas City, Houston, Baltimore. You'll have nice division banners you can hang up. It's not even worth debating. It's the Patriots by a mile, but you go to the NFC. Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, New Orleans, Carolina, San Francisco, Seattle, Philadelphia. That's nine teams Yeah, um, that could win the NFC. Well, I know they had their bye week, but what if I tell you, record-wise, the best, the second-best record in the AFC was the Bills. They might be the second-best. and one! They might be the second-best team in the AFC. And they can't, and they can never, they can't play offense. Yeah. Josh Allen's looked like crap this year. And na- again, name a skilled player. Yeah. Frank Gore, 71 years old. Exactly. John Brown, my boy. <laughs> my boy. Um, Cole Beasley, little rat boy. Little rat boy? Yeah. He ain't no skilled player. Well, that's part of their receiving core. <laughs> I mean, dude, you could, Nelson, it's funny, but like you, who is, that's a great, right now, Kansas City's lost back-to-back games. Who is the second best team in the AFC? The the Bills have the best record. I mean, four, as Evo said, four. I mean, four and one. I mean, Chiefs um, are four and two. They still got Mahomes, so his ankle's a little busted up. But Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Nelly, Nelly is really singing the praises of Lamar Jackson entering the season. Did you see him? What did he have Same. yesterday? He had 160 rushing yards yesterday. I don't know who's the second best. Well, who's is? Do you say San Francisco's the best team in the NFC now because they're unde- the last undefeated? I think you you, you kind of I mean, have to, don't you? Dude, what New Orleans is doing? Oh, the Seahawks. Um, with the t- NFC East is garbage. Cowboys three and three, Eagles three and three, Giants two and four, Skins one yeah. and five. The Bad NFC division. West, NFC West is good. Niners undefeated. Seahawks five and one. Rams could probably turn it around. And I see Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury finding ways to get it done. And then what's better, the NFC? What's the best in the NFC? The West or the North? Well, you go. Do you go top heavy with ten and one? Just go for the yeah. South. I don't know. Do you go top heavy, ten and one, San Francisco, Seattle, or do you go balance? Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, all have winning records. I think you got to go North because the Bears have that defense. They just had their bye week. I know they went to London and lost to the Raiders. We'll see what happens with the Lions. Vikings put it on the Eagles yeah, yesterday. My God, not fun to watch. And uh, like yeah, the Packers. We'll see what happens tonight. And then the Saints, who are 4-0 with Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback, um, still have Drew Brees coming back. So, you know, the, the NFC is ridiculous right now. Again, how important is this game tonight? Like, if you want to take the Packers seriously as a playoff threat, these are games you have to win because nobody in the NFC is losing. The AFC stinks. The NFC, there's nine teams that are good in the NFC. There's like one. In the AFC, maybe two, maybe three. I mean, maybe Houston or Buffalo. I mean, that's that stretching to say that that's the second or third best team. So, uh, big game tonight, man. What say you, Packer fans? 608 321 1670.